All right, so we're back. Episode 27, uh, Cutler Cast, and we have uh, my good friend and uh, someone I've battled a few times with, Branch Warren. Welcome to the show, man. What's up, Jay? How are you? Thanks for having me. Man, it's good to see you guys rolling on this big, uh, this big super bus. Michael's pride and joy. I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see this. I've seen a lot of the videos, and uh, I see everyone sleeping on this bus. What's up with that? Like, everyone falls asleep. Well, man, it's like, you know, when you fly first class, and you're yeah. supposed to be careful. Chairs that recline back, you know, all that. So that's kind of what it is. So it's, uh, you know, if you're not driving, so, like, we're driving back from the Arnold, and uh, it's like, one in the morning, it's like a rainstorm. I'm going, like, 20. I can't even see the road. Dude, all these motherfuckers are sleeping in the storm. I turn around, Keon and Martin are, like, about to fall out of their chair. They're so... I they see fell. them. They have some nose... Uh things on what does that you hear do about, you hear about that how bad they snore with that nose thing imagine without it <laughs> well see i haven't heard the snoring stuff because i only kind of watch i don't listen to a lot of sound mm-hmm. with these things but so i pull up this morning and this big bus is parked in in uh my parking spot i always yell at matt for taking over my with his big truck and i see this I purposely parked your this big fan and i said okay i'm, I'm gonna let it go because i know it's michael and it's gasp and better bodies and the man right so who's now kind of your, your partner right i mean it's Congratulations on all that success. And now uh, we're just talking about the gym down there and the culture of Texas. And I got to experience that. But I want to go back a little bit. Uh, when it first started, you know, we first met at Teen Nationals. And I was I was 19, and I think you were 17. 18. I just turned 18. Okay. Yeah. And you were winning the Teen Nationals. And you yes. won everything else along the way. Because I remember seeing uh, you on American Muscle Magazine, Luzewick Show. And uh, that dude used to call you every day, every day, every morning, every morning, every asking morning. me how big I was yeah, and flex your bicep, feel yeah. it. <laughs> and uh, when he gets to that, I'd hang up on him. And uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, I was seeing this this kid that was ahead of his time. The legs were phenomenal. I always felt like, well, you know, his his legs are a little overpowering for the upper body, but you seem to win a lot of stuff leading up. And that was when they had AAU. And NP, you know, we went to the NPC Teen Nationals, which is in Raleigh, Durham. And you had, what age did you start competing? So I did my first show. I was sixteen. Okay. So, uh, so what? I, I grew up in West Texas on a cattle ranch, right? So, I mean, the closest neighbor was like eight miles away, right? The school was so small. The two best old girls were my freaking cousins. So, uh, <laughs> my best friend was like a dog. So, way out in the sticks. And uh, so, in high school, we moved to Fort Worth. So life got exponentially better. But, you know, that's back when they didn't give out participation medals, man. You had to make the team and all that stuff, you know. So I played football. And, you know, How many kids in your high school? So when I graduated in my high school, we had about 600 in my class. Okay. So about 2,400 in the whole high school. Where I came from, we barely had enough guys to have a football team, have 11 guys. Really? Yeah, so that's how, such a, how small it was. So um, when I moved to Fort Worth, I wasn't stupid. You know, I was like, I better work out, get a little bigger, stronger, if I'm going to have a chance of making the team. So I used to slip in this, uh, this gym, and I met a bodybuilder, and uh, he kind of started showing me how to work out. And then fast forward a little bit, I made the team, made varsity as a freshman, and then uh, he took me to Metroflex the next summer, and um, introduced me to the owner, Brian, and uh, well, this guy turned out to be Ryan Cummins' workout partner. What was his name? Mark Allen. Okay, I remember, I remember reading about him in the books. Back in the day, I remember reading, you kind of had a mentor. Right, someone that showed you the way. So I walked in the gym that first day, and uh, of course, you know, we were super poor. I had no money. And uh, I told Brian, I said, uh, I said hey, I will do the show through the summer. You know, can I clean the place up, take out the trash to uh, work out my membership? 
He said, let me look at you. So I hit a few poses, and he said, I'll tell you what, kid. He said, you train here for the show, you represent and win, you don't have to pay a membership. Because if you lose, you work it off. Well, 30 years later, I still work out there, and I still have a lot of membership. So that's how it all started. Yeah, I mean, that's become kind of like your your home, right? I mean, where you are and, uh, you know, obviously Ronnie Coleman. I got to visit that gym in 96. Um, but, you know, so when you started training, you know, what was your expectations? Like, did you have a vision on being as, as great as you became as a teenage bodybuilder? You know, when I first started training, um, I just want to make the team. And I thought, okay, cool, I'll have abs, be muscular, yeah. be good for girls. You know, and uh, then it, it very quickly turned into like, this is something I want to do. And by the time we went to the two nationals, I'd won the AAU Teenage Mr. America that same year. Hey, back then, AAU was still pretty uh, pretty strong in certain parts mm-hmm. of the country. And uh, I went to the two nationals. And then when I got back from that show, I remember I was driving to Metroflex. Uh, I planned out my entire career when I drive. Really? Yeah. And what was that? So and I was like, hey, I want to be a pro bodybuilder. I want to win the World <laughs> Classic. I want to win the Olympia. And, um, and, I, and I had short term, medium, and long term goals. Obviously, the honor of the long-term goals, but uh, I just stuck to it. That that being said, I knew that I wanted to get education, get a degree, uh, because you know, there's no guarantees. Yeah, life, so. and you just started competing, and you went, ran through the whole circuit, won everything. And conditioning was like your, I think, was really what put you ahead of a lot of the teenagers, right? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I was bottom heavy. You know, uh, I was also so. So we both were. So this guy, when I first saw him. With the team nationals, you came walking back, you had them striped hot skin. Yeah. Shorts on. yeah. I think you had like a T. Michael sweatshirt. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was a pink one. Yeah. yeah. So I remember this blonde hair came walking in and his legs. I had big legs, right? And this dude had like giant legs. And I'm like, everybody's like, oh shit, look at this guy. And I'm like, there's no way this dude's going to be hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he started shipping down. I was like, nah, that freaking dude looks pretty good, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, you know, that's, that's the first time I met Jay. Yeah. The crazy thing is that my legs didn't have a lot of cuts then. And eventually, like, I had some of the deepest cuts, and, you know, we were both known for our legs. I mean, there's still the battles on who has the greatest legs in bodybuilding. I mean, it seems like the, the generations now forget about plats, and, you know, they look at, like, the current guys, and, you know, we're definitely up there with, like, some of the biggest legs. And, you know, I was a huge squatter. I don't know how you trained your legs, but I was taught in the beginning to really do a lot of squats, right? I squatted every workout for almost 25 years. Do you still squat right today? Yeah, we do box squats. You know, so you don't hurt my knees, I hurt my back. Yeah. So what is that? Well, so, tell me what that. Put a box down, go down to where you're. You, yeah, sit. sit. Okay. So, uh, so it engages and gets the fibers. Takes it off your knees, takes it off your back. Uh, at this point, somehow after all these years, I feel really good knees and joints. Everything. It's amazing, right? I tell people the same thing. I'm 48. I'm older than you, and uh, I feel amazing. Yeah, I feel. Don't ask me how. But well, we've been doing this for over 30 years. Yeah. And uh, I feel great. You know, I was talking with Johnny. He's talking about the Masters Olympia. And how old is Johnny Jackson? 50, he'll be 51 this year. Wow, that's crazy. So, uh, and I told him, I was like, man, I said, I'm healthy inside and out. Don't ask me how. But I played Russian yeah. for a long time and I won. Not playing. But that's a culture of Metroflex. I mean, it's kind of legendary. And I mean, you know, now, of course, they've franchised it. And Brian Dobson's been a huge person of like giving you the opportunity i think right i mean there would be no ronnie coleman there'd be no branch warren what well what's what's uh, he what is he 
what does he provide to you guys besides having a home to train? Does he actually get in the gym? Does he push you guys? I mean, has he trained with you? See, I think everybody has a, a talent in life. Some people realize what that talent mm-hmm. is. Some people never find it. But I think everybody has a, has a talent. Uh, Brian's talent is he, he sees potential people. He sees ability. And uh, I see him take kids. And I'm like, I look at him like, what are you doing? Waste your time with this kid. He'll take him and make him into something because he'll see something on that nobody else sees. They don't even see him themselves. And, um, you know, with Ronnie, it's pretty easy. When he walked in the gym, he was. He knew, right? Yeah, he knew right away. This guy could be really, really good. Um, and with me, he saw, he saw something. And um, he uh, that's his ability. And he's the ultimate motivator. You know, when you walk in that gym, you just want to train hard. And, I mean, it's it's dirty. It's shitty. No air conditioning. No air conditioning. I mean, if it wasn't for Brian, no one would train there. You know, but he's he's because of what he's created. And the people that have gone there and the champions that come out of there, he's turned it into something that everybody knows. What did he tell you, though, in those early years, like, as he saw the progression, did he think that you would become as spectacular as you as you did? Um, I asked him that one time. And he goes, man, he goes, I thought you'd be good. He goes, I didn't think you'd do what you did. He goes, but that being said, I didn't think Ronnie would go on to be big-time Mr. Olympia either. He goes, I knew he'd be good. Yeah. He goes, I knew, I knew right then the day he walked in, he goes, he'd be pro. He goes, but I had no idea he would take you to the level he did. He goes, the same thing with me. He said, uh, because I knew you, you had, you both had that potential to be really good. He goes, and they go beyond what anybody could imagine because I didn't, I can't say that. But did you think that? Did I think it, I believed in myself. Um, I can tell like you, you mapped it out, but, mapped it out. but you know, we all have a little uncertainty sometimes, right? I had Chris Aceto in my corner telling me like, you can be one of the best. Mm-hmm. And obviously we went to the team nationals. We dominate, you know, we, we won our, you won the whole thing. You beat me there um, in the overall, but you won. And, you know, I had high expectations. That's truly when I knew that I wanted to be a pro bodybuilder after the recognition I got there. Because remember, I didn't compete as much as you. I started, you know, competitions when I was in 18 years old. And by, you know, the time I turned around, I was at the teen nationals only because lose a wick like basically it was like, you have to go compete here. And I, I don't know, you know, know if I was ready. It was only like my third competition and I didn't know who would show up. And as a heavyweight, there was only one other guy. I mean, you had a deep class. I think you had several. I mean, some of the great, like Caprice Murray was in there. St. Cloud. Yeah. Jeff Willett. You, me. There was some, there was some tough competition. That was, that might've been one of the toughest teenage yeah. I think they ever had. And that was the only time you ever competed in that contest, right? And uh, you're coming out of that, like, you know, I knew right then I w- what I wanted to do. And I just knew that, okay, now we're in men's division, though. So, like, how did you move forward? Um, because I didn't really see you pop up until I went to the Nationals in 96. And, you know, I had got some publicity in the meantime. And I, I would just kind of always asked about where's Branch Warren. I mean. So what happened to me was um, we did that show. Then I went to the, uh, I did the Texas State Championships. And uh, the men who opened the division won that. Then um, went to uh, went to the what I do junior nationals in San Antonio, and uh, got like fifth place. And then I went to school, so I went four years, went to school, and uh, worked three jobs. And uh, so my, I started powerlifting during that period of time. I never lost sight of what I wanted to do in bodybuilding, but working three jobs, paying for school, doing all that, there's no way I was going to bodybuild. So uh, I just I started powerlifting, started doing powerlifting meets because I could work out three days a week and uh, didn't have to do the diet. And uh, it turned out to be a blessing because, you know, I, made, I did make progress in that period of time. And I think, you know, I, I really built a lot of density and thickness in me because of the way I lifted. 
during that period of time, and I, which when I started bodybuilding again. It's so different, though. But it seems like a lot of you guys, like even Ronnie had the powerlifting background in the competitions. Uh, how do you feel uh, that type of training benefits in today's I bodybuilding? It, I think it gives you a foundation. You know, I mean, it gives you that thickness, you know, it gives you that chest and back and you know, leg density and thickness that uh, if you don't lift heavy weight like that, you're not going to have, you lift it heavy, you know, you still have that density and thickness. So I don't think you necessarily have to power lift to get it, but I think you do have to lift heavy. If you're, if you're trying to be Mr. Olympia, if you don't lift heavy, it's going to be hard for you. Do you see a lot of guys today training like that? No. <laughs> we talk about this a lot. Yeah, there's there, a lot of the guys don't train like you guys used to. Well, do you feel like do you feel like now they've changed uh, like the equipment has now created like you just told me you're doing box squats. Um, there's new techniques. I see guys in the gym and they're doing these like they pulled the dumbbell and they do this press. Like we didn't do any of that stuff, right? And I bench pressed today. I, I barbell bench pressed. I did chest today, which is a rarity, did you right? One thirty-five. No, I only went one eighty-five. <laughs> one eighty-five. I'm, I'm, I'm like actually scared to go heavy because I'm afraid I'm gonna tear something. Yeah. So, so <laughs> you know, but I still to this day, and I argue. You know, I had Milos on the podcast recently, and he said, "What can't you do on a machine that you basically can't do with free weights?" You know, and he thought the machines were more tension, but I think. I think the balance and the 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 mental, um, like mind to muscle connection, is necessary for the free weights. And I still think that we've lost a little bit of the vision of how to weight train. Not to say you have to like people look at your training and listen. You know people like oh man, I don't know how he his joints survive and, but it seems like. What people don't understand, and I swing, like I do my curls, and I always say I'm the form king, right? I joke about it because I'm like all over the place, but I feel the movements. Still in control. It's like I feel the movements. So when you train as ballistic as you do, how do you feel every rep? Absolutely. I'm always in control of the weight. That's something I, I, like people ask, did I get injured? Of course I got injured. I got injured outside the gym. I never got injured inside the gym. And like I tell people, it's all about getting blood into the muscle. That's all it's about. Yeah. When, when you're, you're on stage, they say, oh, wow, Jake can bitch 500 pounds. Perfect form. They don't give a damn. What, all, all you're trying to do when you're training is get as much blood into the muscle as you can, train to failure, rest, recuperate, repeat, repeat, repeat. That's all it is. And I always feel the muscle when I'm training. I get sore, whatever muscle I'm training from usually. And I get a pump. And I'm in control. Did you think you adapted some of that training style because of the ballistic um, powerlifting technique that you have you know because you have to do explosive movements right to correct but you know like when you bench press you know it's um you take the rack you take it off the rack you come to your chest you pause you wait for the press command and you press up lock it out and rack it it's, you know, it's very uh very controlled or whatever and so you know i did i had that background you know squat you know deadlift you know you stand up with it you wait for the judge to give you the signal and you set it back down mm -hmm. and um so it's very controlled but um it's, it's explosive and that's something I definitely incorporated into my bodybuilding, you know, training because Johnny is the same way. But um, you know, people talk about the form stuff. Well, I powerlifted, and I was a pretty good powerlifter. Johnny was an excellent powerlifter. So you know, if I'm being judged on form, then of course I'm. Yeah, he was form. like the strongest bodybuilder out, like yeah. for that. Stupid, he had that name for a while. Strong. Can you can you think of anyone that had that crazy dense muscle that didn't lift heavy or only use machines? I mean, listen, you look at, like, I'm going to go backwards into, like, Kevin Leverone, even Flex Wheeler, who we used to see Cormier, 
Like these guys would barbell bench press incline five, four, five plates. They, you know, dumbbells. I remember they could do, you know, 180s, 200s. I mean, Ronnie, forget it. He was just toying with these weights more than I've ever seen anyone. But uh, I just feel, I don't see any, I mean, remember most of the gyms today, we were talking about the Vegas culture. And I mean, they took the heavy dumbbells out. Like they're only allowed to go up to 150s in a lot of gyms just because of the liability, right? I mean, we, I would warm up with, you know, 120s and I mean, 150s would be my second basically feel set. And I'd be, once I got up to 160s, 180s, like that's, that's your work. Itself. Yeah. I mean, I was doing shoulder presses with 150 for 12 reps. So, I mean, it's, I think it's absolutely necessary, but at the same time, um, I feel it's missing a lot in today's um, work culture. Yeah. That's a different mentality for sure. It's, um, I mean, that's when we came up, the guys that taught us, that's how they trained. So did Brian, was Brian a big advocate of pushing guys like with heavy weights and, you know, I think, uh, we were talking about this the other day, um, you know, Ronnie one time was, I watched one of his interviews and asked him about his training style. And, um, he said, well, I lift the maximum weight, amount of weight I can handle do as many times I can do it and rest and do it again. And that's summed it up pretty, you know, the genius is in the simplicity, I guess. It's, um, you can have all these fancy training schemes and everything. The bottom line is. It's about hard work. It's about lifting heavy weight, working to failure, rest, recuperate, repeat. And so you went to the power, and then you got back into bodybuilding. You had your degree at this time, okay? Were you working uh, a job, or what? How, how was your structure in order to so start up, pursuing bodybuilding? In my twenties, opened up a gym, and uh, there in South Lake, and uh, it was a personal training gym. So you know, um, I had several trainers that worked for me in a private facility, and um, so I had that for all through my twenties, early thirties, and. Uh, so I turned pro and I was 25, 26 when I turned pro. And uh, so I had the gym. And um, then uh, me and my wife got married. I was Trish. 30, you were yeah, 26. And then um, we started a, a logistics company, freight forwarding company. And um, shortly after we got that, it took off. And then um, so I sold the gym. We had the freight forwarding company for over 10 years until we sold it a few years back. And um, how'd you guys, what made you guys, like, how did you get into the? freight company like how did that process like so she used to work she was a sales rep for a freight forwarding company uh-huh. down at, at the airport in dallas mm-hmm. and um i had some good friends at all the freight forwarding companies so i was pretty i mean knew a lot about it from being around them mm-hmm. and uh, so we were actually on our honeymoon in uh, australia and she lost her job so uh, and she was freaking out and i was like don't freak out i was like i go do it ourselves she goes well, i don't know how to start a business i said i do i said you just talk to <laughs> customers and I'll start the business and we'll be all right. Wow. We ran with it. Yeah, just kind of, it's just like a random business for a bodybuilder to get in. It's freight well, forwarding. No, but I think bodybuilding sets a state, like it gives you, it's hard to explain, but I tell a lot of the, the youth when they get into it now, it builds a structure for you. And like, I think it's, do you think bodybuilding is the hardest thing you can possibly do? Absolutely. I think the only thing that might be harder maybe mixed martial arts fighting maybe because it's physically yeah technique and you're doing it through the day but yeah bodybuilding is one of the most hard it may, it may be the hardest thing because you never get away from it it's a it's i don't call it a sport it's a lifestyle because you live it every single day from the time you get up to the time you go to bed you've got to eat you've got to train you've got to rest you know there's all these things your entire day is structured around i call it a boxy lifestyle so you're you're just like inside this and it's just a full circle, right? A daily what goes on. But I feel it it sets a great standard for like to make you 
uh, a hard worker and dedicated to what you do because, you know, things just, you have to have patience, right? And it seems like, you know, which I didn't know before this speaking to you on this topic, I didn't realize like you had a vision, but you like, you basically got a little, you step back a little bit to focus on your career and setting up like a safety net. And then you roll into, okay, I'm going to pursue this. You know, you have a relationship. Okay. Did that make a huge, like what, how did you figure out like, okay, I'm in the perfect realm to move forward and just go through the roof with this career? I think you got to build your foundation, right? Uh, if you don't have a strong foundation, mm-hmm. you know, you're building it, you don't stand very long. And, uh, you know, sometimes building a foundation is the, that's the groundwork and that's the hard part. And, um, you know, so I want to get education because, uh, if you don't have an education, there's no guarantees in life. You can be driving to the gym, get a car wreck, and bodybuilding's over. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, and I grew up really, really poor, and uh, really poor. And I, I was bound to determine I was not going to live like that. That being said, I didn't have a safety net either. So it was either sink or swim. So I took necessary steps to make sure I could always earn a living. But people don't realize you're one of the most successful bodybuilders financially, financially of all well, time. Yeah. And I think that, that doesn't happen by chance. I mean, you can, you can watch for your listen i i my biggest fear i always say this was to be broke right you hear all these stories about oh you know bodybuilding takes everyone's money you don't have success with it and obviously like you have to have um that that mindset where you're never satisfied and i think you and i think a lot of people are inspired by your mentality because you know you can tell just with your intensity like you may be one of the most intense bodybuilders ever but at the same time, it seems like you're never satisfied because every time I speak to you and we get to, you know, kind of communicate here and there, you know, you always have the next thing going on, but you're still, you know, you don't get complacent in anything that you do. What, what, what made that? Is that your upbringing or is it the support of your wife? I mean, I know you have a family. It's, it's what drives you in that sense? You know, um, so my father left us when I was uh, in high school. So that's why we we moved to Fort Worth, me and my mom, and we lived in a car, bro, for a couple really? years. Really? And um, imagine that. If you've never done it, I can't tell you how shitty that is. And uh, I got a job working at a car wash. My mom got a job working at a like a burger joint just so we could have have some money until we got our money to get an apartment. And I vowed to myself when I was 14 years old, I will never live like that. My family mm-hmm. will live like that. So things that happen to you as a kid, it either, I think it depends on how you process it. You either become like that or you say never again, whether it's, you know, a domestic violence situation or a financial situation or whatever it is. So um, I just told myself, <clears throat> not living like that. And so um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to do better. And I'm not going to live. I'm personally not going to live like that. And my wife and my daughter are not going to live like that. So I think you have to, we, we're blessed to live in a country where there's a ton of opportunities. And if you're willing to work, then you can be successful. And I think you always got to be looking ahead. There's no, need, no reason to look over your shoulder because you ain't going forward if you're looking over your shoulder. So um, think ahead and always have something else you're, you're planning. And, uh, and you were pretty young. I mean, she was really young when you guys met. So what did she think about, you know, jumping into the lifestyle of, like, eat, sleep, train? And, you know, obviously, and she's had a hell of a career around with what what she's done. You know, they just came out with women's fitness. Because uh, back in the day, they had women's bodybuilding and women's fitness, so. Uh, when women's fitness came along, it was huge. You know, there would be 100 girls in a show, you know, for women's fitness. So, um, she jumped well, do you remember what year this was? Yeah, for the first time. And you were how old, do you think? 
19, yeah. So that's when you guys met, right? 19. And so um, then she uh, turned one of the nationals in Dallas 2002 and um, turned pro and went on from there. And, you know, when we got together, you know, we were friends for a long time before we actually got together. Okay. I took her on a trip. She made me buy her own hotel room. Really? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So she played hard to get a little I bit, huh? I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For a long time. So uh, it wasn't until I told her to, like, go away that she started chasing me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Play the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, she, being pro herself, um, I tell people, sometimes having two people that both two spouses that compete can be a good thing or a bad thing. And it depends on the people, I think. Uh, with us, it works because she put me first. And, you know, I asked her one time, I said, well, you know, you're doing the same show. And she says, well, it doesn't make sense for me to put myself first. She goes, you can get to a place and make more money if I win. And she goes, so that doesn't make sense. So, you know, she sacrificed. I think she could have actually been done better than she did. Um, had, but you were the priority. Did you guys ever win at the same competition? Okay. She got third in Olympia. She got yeah, third. Yeah, I know. She got, I don't know how many second places, but uh, probably about 10 second places. But uh, she never... You know, I walked in and I looked at you and I'm like, yeah, okay, Branch looks good. Then I looked at her. I'm like, damn, she still looks good. What's going on here? Like, hey, So let me tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the deal. I said, hey, we get married and get old. You can't blimp out on me. Okay. I said, that's like breach, that's like breach of contract. Yeah, that's like breach of contract. So we're going to have to renegotiate. marriage agreement? Yeah. No blimp? <laughs> I said, I expect you to look like you did when you are you know, 19, but, you know, come on, we got to. <laughs> well, see, my fiance tells me we talked about this. Like, like, she said, I can't have a shovel ass, which means, you know. But you do. That's like no, a, that's like an old white guy ass. Yeah. So, so she's like, that's the rule. So Michael's looking at me like, what's a shovel ass? You know, it's when you don't train legs anymore, Michael. It's well, you know, we got to keep training our you see legs. Them old guys, they wearing jeans and yeah, they got yeah. their jeans won't even stay up because they got no ass no more. Yeah. <laughs> like manager Matt, you know. Of course. <laughs> I could care less about having big legs anymore. Well, he hates training legs. I mean, it's still one of my favorite body parts to train, you know? I used to, yeah. but once you hit a certain age, you're like, fuck this. So, so just train them enough to just do a little bit. So you guys, you know, obviously, uh, so she trained at Metroflex also uh, during these year. She did, yeah. Years. On and off, and then now she, uh, you were there, you're there a lot now. I think yeah. you train there. But, uh, you know, and it's, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. You got two people that are, you know, training for the Olympia together. Yeah, that's so, tough, man. Like, tough. So, um, like, tell us how some of the days were in the house. Like, wh how'd you guys do? Like, did you do fasted cardio in the morning? Did you share equipment at home? And We had all the cardio equipment at home. We had electrical and treadmill and step mill and all that stuff. And um, I would get up, do my stuff first, and uh, get out the door. Then she'd do her stuff. And, um, you know, and like I said, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. I mean, She's pretty chill when she diets and do all that stuff where me, maybe not so much. And, uh, you know, but. in the food prep and everything, like, who did all the food prep? So when we first started living together, I was getting ready for my first Arnold Classic 2006. So she just, like, took over all the cooking, which I, I'd never had anybody in my life. You cooked to your phone food. Everything. I weighed everything, did everything myself, took it with me. And um, I remember my, I, she brought it to me at work. It was hot. I'm like, oh, this is nice. Eating it tasted so good. I got mad. I called up. I go, yo, what'd something's you put, in this. Where'd yeah. you put my food? She goes, nothing. I go, 
this tastes way too good. Yeah. Like, there's no fucking way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't put something in my food. I go, listen, I ain't getting ready for the Miss Fitness Olympia. I'm getting ready for the Mr. Olympia. Yeah. I said, so Arnold, whatever it was, I said, you can't be putting crap in my food. And she goes, I didn't. And uh, so I got home. She shows me all the stuff she puts in it. I'm like, that's good. That's the sickness of, of what we did, right, as bodybuilders. Like, we knew that bland eating was the way. Okay, that was the process, I right? I took the chicken out of the package, trimmed the fat off. Do it on the grill, turned it, picked it up. That's all I did. Did you have cheat days? When I was pre-contest, never. Right. Never. The, today, they all have cheat days, man. I, I'm, we're, we're, we're in Columbus. Right. We're in Columbus, and I'm not going to mention her name. Um, <laughs> but she's, like, freaking out because she don't have her scale to weigh her food. But then she opens up her food, and she eats macaroni and cheese. And she's going for a contest. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, fuck's eating macaroni? And I, I'm looking at her, I'm like... And I called her out. I said, you worried about a scale and you're eating macaroni and cheese. What the hell? She goes, no, because of my macros. And, this and I'm like, I just walked off. Like, yeah, so macros and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> like, she just mentioned refeeds, like cheat day. Like, I grew up, like, we didn't have, it was like you ate a little more carbs or, you know, might, it might be able to have some red meat in that fish diet I did. Like, how important do you feel, like, the nutrition aspect? I mean, I, you, I know you've done tons of different programs, right? But in order to look your best, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into like your best looks. Uh, like, how important is the diet base of what you eat? Eighty percent. I mean, twenty percent is the gym, eighty percent diet. I mean, we've all know guys that go in the gym and train like maniacs, right? But they never really. There's so much like potential, that. right? That we never. Had a guy got... I trained with uh, me and Johnny for years, and a uh, great guy, and I'm on the gym, but his off season nutrition sucked, and. Um, he, we moved on, turned pro, moved up to pro ranks, and uh, he never did because of nutrition. Yeah, but you never got out of shape. You were never out of shape. Do you feel like the training allowed you to be less restrictive off-season, or did you stay on, like, a crazy program year-round? I stayed pretty strict year-round. Um, I learned early on, once we uh, turned pro, if you get out of shape, that hurts your money, right? You don't get appearances, yeah. you don't get these things. And, uh, and so, uh, number two, getting in shape is easier if you're not. 40 pounds overweight. And uh, so I just never uh, never let myself get out of shape. I don't think I ever saw you out of shape either. I mean, people would say, yeah, he was off season for sure. But, I mean, we gained some water, but I stayed on a meal plan all the time. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would have my burgers once in a while. and But I didn't have a day where, like, I know when I had my cheats, like I would eat, you know, my six meals, five or six meals, and then I'd usually have my cheats at the end of the day. It wouldn't be like I'd go out for breakfast and have a crazy breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but pre-contest, like, it was 16, 20 weeks of, like, straight just protein, carbs, and minimal fats. and So, like, what we do, like, we go out to eat or something, and um, I order, like, chicken and potato. You know, I order a cheeseburger. Yeah. And I eat the chicken and potato first. Of course, yeah. And I eat the cheeseburger, and that's my treat, you know, off-season and uh, stuff like that. So, but, you know, I, I had a structure year-round. This is what you ate, and then you slipped in some stuff here and there. A lot of guys nowadays don't do that. They just... Go to town and whatever they'll have a whole cheat weekend or a whole cheat day because it fits their macros. I just hate that word cheat because I'm like, you know, like a cheat meal. Okay, you're getting ready for a competition. If you need to eat, then just eat a little good food, right? Eat some potatoes or some rice. Wow, would you go out and eat a bunch of trash? Uh, to me, I think that's just an excuse because mentally you can't handle it and you have a breakdown and want to eat some bad stuff. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think cheat really goes in Branch Warren's vocabulary. I mean, I just don't get that. Right. <laughs> You're not going to go eat three pizzas and a tub of ice cream? 
three times a day. No, I want to beat him. No, so 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 you know you you let's talk a little bit about your career. So tell me like a couple highlights. You know, you win a pro card. You know, you were knocking at the door for a minute. I'm sure you were ecstatic about that, right? You win the nationals, right? You're an overall national winner. I was a um, Johnny won the overall. Okay, so you won your class. I only won my class also. So, uh, yeah. I was a little disappointed. I mean, you mentioned you were in that, that uh, I don't know what you finished at. Maybe, did you get out of the top 15 that year? Or? I didn't. That was the only show in my life I didn't make the top 15. So there's a long story behind that. But uh, I knew going into it, it wasn't. I was trying to get ready for it. I was trying to, I was going to school. And, uh, just not in it. I really, looking back on it, even, even after the show, even when I got to the show, I was like, I should have just pulled out of this thing because I wasn't ready. That's the only time I ever in my life I, I got ready for a show and I wasn't. Wasn't ready. I wasn't. I wasn't 100 prepared when I got to the show. But you got your pro card. Um, went into the pro like your first pro victory was what? Dallas Europa. Then a week later, I won the Charlotte Pro. And then went to Olympia, got eighth, and then went to your first Olympia you were eighth. Pretty, pretty outstanding. I mean, I was not many, not many people no. in the top ten in their first Olympia. It's an accomplishment. And uh, you know, obviously, you're a multi Arnold Classic winner. Um, you've been at the Olympia. How many? How many Olympias were you in the top five? And you were second at your best, right? Five or six times out of the top five. It's hard. I don't count either. Like, I mean, I know, like my, you know, my obviously I didn't compete. You know your yeah, of course. Yeah, I have to sit and think about it. And uh, I don't really count like a lot of the other shows. Sometimes I got to think about what I did. But like, what is like your career highlights, if you could name like, you know, for me, what's surprising for me and a lot of people, like I won the Olympia, right? Which you would, I mean, you're probably looking at now as like, that's like the ultimate, right? But I talk about like, I won the tournament of champions when I was 22. It was a small show in California, but I landed my first Muslim fitness cover. Back then the magazines meant so much, right? And, you know, we were on like, you know, through, you know, our sponsored ads, we became like, every page in the magazine right i mean we've done photo shoots together and you know it's kind of crazy how lengthy our careers have gone together right we started off basically at the same time and uh that was the thing right you were in the magazine you were really recognized you got the first magazine cover that's a big deal when i got my first cover i was like what was that it was a muscular development okay and, uh, i got that and i think that same the next month i got flex and uh, i remember i took it to the gym i was like yo check it out yeah, yeah. Person around there, Ronnie got in some cover. Yeah, yeah. Else had. And, you know, magazines were the shit, you know. And I was like, I was proud. I was like, yo, check it out, y'all. And I was like, oh, that's badass. And, um, but then, you know, it just like. Yeah, so I landed my first muscle in fitness when I was like 22. So you can imagine I was in the grocery store aisles. Like, that's when the magazines were more relevant. And, uh, I thought, like, okay, I made it, right? That was like winning the Olympia back then. And then, you know, you transition forward and, and, uh, you know, you become a winner of certain contests. And, you know, I just recognize you as, like, you were the guy that everyone seemed to count out. And why do you feel like people counted you out so often? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, people who love you or hate me, right? And um, I think, uh, you know, I'm 5'7". If I was 5'10", I think, you know, it would have been a different different deal. But uh, I, I don't know. I think it's a... Uh, I, I really don't know. I think... Uh, I think the reason I'm still successful in, in bodybuilding, being removed from the stage, is because of more of a personality and a training. 
people relate to. Yeah, so, no bullshit. Yeah, the, the, the personality, the training, the struggle. I think that's what people relate to. They can relate to that, yeah. Than the physique. So, um, was I the prettiest physique up there? No. But, um, you know, I learned very early on, I could win, number one, by conditioning and packing on a shit ton of muscle, just being thick. So. You know, looking at early on of your career, like, I feel like you had really good aesthetics, right? But you mentioned your height, you know, ratio compared to some of the other guys. Do you feel like you had to put on a lot of the extra mass in order to compete with the bigger guys? The guys that were the top of our, our generation, you know, you, uh, Kai, Dennis Wolf, um, maybe Dexter wasn't that, that heavy per se, but most of the guys were pretty big dudes. So uh, at my height, I competed, you know, 2009, 2011. I was like low 240s, you know, 240, 242, and five foot seven. So, um, and I didn't start doing well on those big shows until I got bigger. bigger. And so that's just, was just a means to an end. You know, I, I agree with you. I think I was more aesthetic. You look at how I looked in 2000. I, I was too. I mean, I, I got way bigger than what I wanted to. And that's what I wanted to ask you. Do you feel you got bigger than what you, your ideal was? You know how I looked when I won the Dallas Europa and the Charlotte Pro and got second at the Arnold in 2005 and six. I liked how I looked then. I was a lighter. Yeah. So the waist was how, much, how much did you weigh then? Uh, 230s and uh, probably low 230s. And, um, you know, but you fast forward a few years, I was in the 240s. And, um, you know, I had to get that muscle maturity. You had to get that extra, you know, you know how your, your physique just changes. Yeah. And, you know, those small little details, then you start, you start winning. And, uh, at the end of the day, we, we train to win, right? So it's a uh, do what you got to do. Um, do I, I, I prefer the 2005 6 look over, yeah? Like, I look at 01 and I think that was like my best, you know. And even like people talk about 09 and what did you weigh? 06 01, I was about 255. And it's kind of funny because you know, I went in my when I won the Olympia, I was 273, and when I came back in 09, I was 254. I had lunch with yeah. yeah, and did you tell him like you took an Olympia from me? So or I did I actually told him because yeah, he's saying, <laughs> and, uh, he's saying something. He and he got on the subject or something. I go, I go, I fucking hate you. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'd have had me an Olympia. I go, I probably would have had two. And uh, he started laughing. He's like, man, sorry, bro. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um. So tell me what your, I'm. You know, I know you had victories, but what was your like? You think that the peak peak physique year. <clears throat> Um, I think two. I think the 2011 all that I won. I think the 2009 Olympia. I, I weighed the exact same. Um, I looked virtually the same, same condition. So I think either one of those years would be uh, arguably, arguably my best. And what was your mindset? Uh, so in 2008, you finished what at the Olympia? I didn't compete. Okay, you were injured, or Correct. that's right. Yeah. So uh, in 2007. Um, I played in, I think in 2011 or 2008 or seven. I don't even remember. Not not really important, but it's not any. You weren't in the mix. Okay. So you had a chip on your shoulder coming into 09 because you were like, I'm going to prove something, right? I mean, you were probably confident going in, but, you know, Dexter had beat me in 08. He he was coming in as the favorite in 09. And obviously you had Phil Heath coming up. Uh, it was just, you know, he had competed in I competed 2008. In, I think I competed in 08 at the Arnold. At the Arnold yeah. yeah. We got second, I got third. Yeah. So, and um, Kai, I think one of those was. Yeah. Show. So, um, 
you know, going into it, I never really focused on anybody else. Um, I remember you got in 09 Olympia specifically. Um, you know, I started working for George. That's the first time I'd ever worked with anybody. And um, so he made, made some changes in nutrition. But I remember I uh, did an interview and they said, what do you think about Jay? I said, Jay, no, we do it. Said, did you think I was going to lose, though? Did you think I wouldn't have won it back? I mean, no one in history ever won it back. No, nah, because you know what? You can look at someone's physique. You can tell them they're done, right? Yeah. I mean, you get to a certain point. We've all been there. You get to a certain point. We looked at ourselves, and we're like, all right, it's time to. Yeah. Time to, this is it. But you didn't have that look yet. You just made sure you were off. And uh, Dexter was on, and he slid past you. So in that regard, I was like, I knew as long as you were on, you'd be back in the, in the fight. Um Dexter looked real good. I knew he'd be in shape because Dexter looked the same. I mean, Dexter looked as, Dexter's 60. He looks just like he did when he's 20. So he don't ever change. <laughs> so um, and, uh, so uh, I knew he'd be good. As far as me, I had no idea. As I started prep for the show, you know, I, you know when you're going to be. So were you, were you, when you were there, like I know George is telling you you're going to win the show, right? Of course. Of course. We know this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you guys are here. Um the show's at the Orleans. You're heading into a Friday night prejudging. What's what was your take on it? How did he look? I mean, did was this like this is your best ever? Yeah, it's. I mean, the Friday night or Friday. Um, I knew that's gonna be the best I ever looked. You know, um, but do you ever you know how you're gonna do? Yeah. If I told you I did, I'd be lying. But, I have no idea. but you weren't sure with the call outs. I don't think it would justifiably put you in a second place position, right? It was we all over the place. The Friday night, we got back to the room. She goes, What do you think? I said, I'm top five. Yeah. I said, But I have no idea. It's kind of funny that it didn't seem like you were pushing, like, you know, from the call outs, right? We thought, okay, for sure, just by how it, how it works. The way the call outs worked, I thought, I thought, I told her, I said, She goes, What do you think? I said, Dexter and Jay. Did you think Dexter was going to win or? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't know, uh, and, you know, she used to show me pictures or something. She goes, you know, standing next to Dexter or something. She goes, you're beating me from the rear and this and this and all this stuff. And, and I said, well, yeah, it was close. I mean, Dexter would uh, not have been his best. Yeah. Ever. And um, so um, I had no idea. I knew I was going to be up there in the top five somewhere. So uh, beyond that, I had no idea. And uh, I remember we were sitting on stage and they started doing their, you know, I never got nervous at a show until they started doing the call outs and the, the placings. And, um, and what did you think when it came down to you and I and we were yeah, standing they, they there? Dexter in third place. And I'm like, damn, I didn't beat Mr. Olympia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I didn't beat Mr. Olympia, and I still ain't won the show yet. <laughs> How's this happen? But, um, so I had no idea. Um, you know, it just, uh, they called me, uh, they called you know, your name one, and I got second. And uh, it's the worst, though. Getting second place in Olympia is the worst. Yeah, uh, it's oh, tough. Really. Yeah, I've done it a lot. Everybody listening right now? People say, can you have it so awesome? I'm like, no, that sucked. Getting second place at the Mitchell Olympia is the worst place in all of bodybuilding because you're one small step from the grand prize, but you didn't make it. And I'd have rather got third than. Yeah, listen, I was super proud. You know, I remember I, you know, I took your hand and I said, you know, just always wanted to show respect because, like, I knew I won, right? I wasn't even, like you said, I wasn't really concerned with anyone. I just, I knew I had improved that much that it was enough for the judges to. And I wasn't even sure how great you looked. I remember, you know, Kerry coming back and saying, oh, Branch looks really good, you know? But it wasn't like, you know, every, you're, you're just, that was my best, right, in years. And, uh, you know, winning that. And that's, uh, that's when I was told, told Honey that last uh, last week we're eating. I said, you know, I said, my opinion, that was his best, uh, yeah. best look ever was at that old nine year. Combination, right? And uh, he just he pulled it all together. 
especially after coming back from a defeat. And, uh, you know, the Mr. Olympia is about being big. And, uh, like I told people, that, oh, you know, you got screwed. I'm like, no, I didn't get screwed. I hate but, people say that because, um, first of all, I'm 5'7", I was 242. You were 5'10", almost, and almost yeah. 260 at the show. Bigger's better in bodybuilding. If you get two guys that are in equal conditioning, or you're close in conditioning, the bigger guy usually wins, and that's just the way it is. But did that change your vision? You landed second at the Olympia. Like, did you, like, was there a time where you're like, I can definitely win this now, or were you still confident, like, I could be Mr. Olympia at some point? No, I think it makes a believer out of you, right? Of course. I mean, you're right there. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, and people to probably told you, oh, you could have won this thing, right? Well, you got second place, so of course you're, yeah. you're within striking distance. So, uh, you know, if there's any doubt, I think I raced it at that point. I was like, okay, I can actually do this. You know, potentially, and, uh, and, and win one of these. But uh, at uh, you know, there's how many guys won that show? Sixteen, sixty-five years, something like that. So. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking about? Just listening to you two. When's the last time you had three guys that all hit their all-time best? You, Jay, Dexter, oh nine, at an Olympia, where three guys were literally. Yeah. You could argue that there was all three of their all-time best. Who was fourth? Remember. Was he fourth? Okay. Was he fourth and yeah. Phil fifth. Phil fifth. Okay, Phil Kai, was, but Phil oh, was. Kai got, Kai got fourth. Oh, that's Kai right, yeah. Kai got fourth. And he fourth. moved to. No, he got fourth. No, he got fourth. He got fourth. Well, he came to Vegas to train like Rocky style. And uh, I remember seeing him at the Flamingo Gold's gym. And I'm like, man, he, he like moved here and got an apartment and everything. And I'm like, I wonder how this guy is going to look, you know, and. You know, I was uncertain at that point. I was like, am I ever going to get this thing right at this point? The last two years, I had been off. I mean, you know, I was kind of given certain places just because of the name, I feel. And, and, you know, I'm looking back, you know, out of respect. But it was like I needed to put something together. So that's why, obviously, I switched to Hani. And, um, you know, we talk about support system, right? So you have to be real with yourself. But I feel like over and over, you tend to prove to people, you know, uh, right you pretend to pr like prove people wrong where they thought that you were limited on what you could do and you just wouldn't go away, right? I mean, you were constantly just getting better and better uh, to the point. And, you know, like I mentioned, you know, you were in demand so, so much. But how did it really, like, did you expect your career to, to go that long? And I want to get into the injuries because you had probably more obstacles than a lot of people. I mean, you <clears throat> tore the tricep. It was a tricep or bicep? Both or triceps. Both. both triceps. Yeah, both triceps. And you were in, I remember being at uh, Expos when you're in the sling, you know, we're in the sling, and, you know, I want to get into the quad tear because that you just defied any odds of anything. Well, the best revenge is success, right? So, uh, yeah. You know, I think of our generation, I don't think anybody got counted out more than. Not, they, no, they didn't. They uh, didn't. You know, and so usually, uh, you know, something would happen and, Everybody write my obituary that I was done, and then the best way to get them back is don't say nothing, just go win. And um, that's what I tried to try to do. So um, just uh, I stayed focused. Uh, I don't think I ever, I never really got. To, I don't think I ever took it in and enjoyed it like I should have, maybe because I'm so focused on on training. You know, you win a show no matter what it was, and I'd go out celebrate a little bit that night. The next day, right back at it. I didn't want to think about it because I was focused on the next one, and I never really took time to take it in and enjoy it. So. Uh, you know, I think it goes back to my mentality as a kid. I never wondered if I was afraid if I ever took back and enjoyed it too much. I might lose that thing inside us that drove us. And so I never would. I, I protected it so fiercely that uh, 
I wouldn't celebrate that much or enjoy it. I just stay. I know, but you have to, you're sitting out contests watching guys <laughs> advance, and you're like, what what's going through your mind during these times? I know you're you're you were limited time. It wasn't like you were it was lengthy recoveries for a lot. You seem to bounce back really quickly. And so I, I the first time I got hurt was uh, tricep was 08. and uh, oh no, excuse me, it was oh, 06, maybe 04. When did I do the first tricep tear? Oh three, oh three, yeah, and then away was the second one. Um, so uh, I, I partially tore it, and uh, then I uh, actually did the GNC Shore Strength as my second yeah. competition. I placed up in the money, and I got a paycheck. My second show, I had it repaired. Then uh, bounced right back from it. Won the Dallas Europe with Charlotte Pro, eighth at the Olympia, second at the Arnold, and then away. I was getting ready for the Olympia, thirty days out, and uh, I actually went hog hunting. And um, her nephew was in town, and I promised to take him, uh, you know, do the whole dog thing. And uh, she's like, don't go, don't go, where can get hurt? I'm going to get hurt. I do this all the time. And uh, we're 30 days out. And, um, and I normally didn't do stuff like that close to the Olympia. Mm -hmm. I stay home and stay focused. And I just, we're going through the woods, and there's some briar stuff, and we're trying to get to the hog. And anyway, I slip, trip over these briars, and fall wrong and on this log, and the tricep pops off. And uh, so then I'm mad as hell. Then her nephew wanted to be a little <laughs> then her nephew was like pussing out wouldn't kill the hog so i got him by the back of the neck i'm like you better kill this fucking hog so and he don't know i tore my tricep and uh so anyway i came home and i told her i was like hey i gotta call the doctor she's like what'd you do i tore my tricep and she just looked at me i'm like don't say it, do not say it. <laughs> um so that knocked me out of the 08 olympia and um but it was the if you're gonna tear something i think a tricep is probably why is it the best thing to tear? It's a very simple fix. And it's okay. A, it's a pretty, fairly simple recovery, and it comes back really quick. Uh, you know, fast forward to uh, 2011, um, 30 days out from Olympia, four weeks out. I went to guest post for a rope man in Georgia, and usually about nine to ten weeks out, I stopped traveling, and uh, I did him a favor. I was like, all right, I'll fly on Saturday morning. I'm going to fly out Saturday night after the show. And um, we get there, we go eat. I, I had my food, and he got picked me up. My buddy picked me up, and... He was hungry, so we went to a restaurant because I'm eating my Tupperware food. And um, we're walking out, and it's raining. I slip off the curb, and my left, it's like the handicap spot, right? And it's, it's a thunderstorm. So my, I step off the curb, and I step on it. There's water on it, and my left foot just slides out in front of me. My right foot, there's a lip on the curb about an inch and a half. It catches that, that uh, lip, and you're trying to stop yourself, right? So it's like a concentric force. You're flexing your quad, trying to you know, pull back, but you're still slipping. Yeah. And uh, it just went pop, and I went right to the ground. And I'm like. You knew it was torn. Exactly what it was. And, um, of course, it's pouring down rain. My, my buddy's like, hey, man. He goes, get up, dude. Get in the car. And I'm like, I can't. And I remember I grabbed my knee, and that, that muscle right there, the vastus medialis, ain't there. And I'm like, no, shit. Oh. This ain't good. And, um, you know, I'm sitting there. Everything goes through my head. I'm like, is this how you're going to Is this is how it's going to end? I'm like, I'm like, this close. You know, I just got second Olympia. Won the Arnold. You won the Arnold, yeah, a few months. And, uh, a few months earlier. And I'm like, this is how it's going to end? Because no one had ever really come back from it you know victor had done it but he never came back i think 100 percent uh some other guys have done it and they never really came back 100 percent. and um uh, i'm laying there in the rain i'm going this is how it's going to end slipping off a curb in a damn rainstorm and um uh, so i called her and i said give me a ticket home i flew home i called my doctor at the airport and um, this is on a saturday he said i'll meet you at the office on sunday so you by this point you already have a doctor that's fixed all these tears right yeah, yeah. I get home, he meets us at the office like nine o'clock Sunday morning and you know, just some x rays. 
he said, get an MRI at six in the morning. We'll do surgery at nine. Mm-hmm. So the next Monday morning I had it reattached. And um, so Wednesday I'm sitting on the couch, uh, you know, reading all the bullshit. Everybody's writing about me on the internet and everything. Everybody's, you know, he's done, blah, 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 blah. You let him read that stuff? And, uh, <laughs> I normally don't. Yeah. I, she, she would do all my media for years because I wouldn't expose myself. Yeah, yeah. I would never expose myself to anything negative. But I'm reading this crap. And um, so I read it for two days. And Wednesday I, was, I got so mad. And um, I threw my freaking phone over it was. And I told her, I said, I'm doing the Arnold. She goes, like, in six and a half months? I go, yeah. She goes, we better start eating. And she went and cooked a big thing of chicken and rice and put it in my lap. And I'm like, <laughs> I started eating. And that's when my prep started. So um, I couldn't even walk, right? So, uh, so I, you were in the gym training started, all the other body parts. Started from the couch. So I went to the gym. At the end of that week, I went to the gym. And I walked in on crutches. And Johnny goes, Yo, what are you doing, bro? I said, I'm getting ready for the Arnold. He just looked at me. And I remember his exact words were, Go. Yeah. We did it. So that being said, it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. That was the most incredible comeback in bodybuilding history, in my opinion, from an injury. I just, uh, you know, I mean, you know how hard you worked uh, yeah. to get where you were. And I'm like, I was not going to, when I left the sport and retired, it's going to be on my terms. And when I decided, there was nobody going to force me out. Nobody's going to tell me when I was done. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing was going to make me quit. So uh, I was like, when I'm done, I'm going to be the one to decide it. And um, I, went to, I went to work. It was the most painful thing physically I'd ever done. Um, and it sucked. But, uh, you know, I think if you're really motivated, people don't realize what your body can do if you're, if you're mentally strong and you really want something. You believe in yourself. And I believe in myself. And I, people are like, there's no way. And, um, and I, I just, uh, I, everything that was negative in my life, I made it into a positive. And I, I use that to fuel me. I feel my workouts. And, um, uh, I was the most focused, most dedicated I had ever been for any show at that point. And I reached out inside myself and pulled stuff out I didn't know I even had. And, uh, you know, I, I would train. When I, when I got done with the, the physical therapy part of it, and I got back in the gym, my first day in the gym, I had one 45-pound plate on that leg press and Metroflex. 45 pounds plus the sled. I could barely get 10. Were you scared or? I had no idea. You know, I, I was, yeah. are you scared? Yeah, you're scared. Because but they you're say a repair is like an injury. It's stronger. It's stronger, right? But it's admittedly, it's in your head. And um, I remember I came down. I had one 45-pound plate, and my leg was just doing this all the way down. I barely got 10 reps. And I'm like, at this point, I've got, I don't know, five months left and uh, to the show. And I'm like, and, and instead of getting defeated, I got mad. Yeah, so I did another set. Then I did another set and another set. I did like 30 But sets. you had to be smart because you had to, like, work your way back in. I mean, so if someone's trying to recover from an injury, like, you know, you're – going against the odds of 100% probably not what the doctors expected you to do right yeah well he told me he told me it would be a year before I can even think about like yeah yeah training. and I remember you were doing squats like with heavy plates and everything like pretty yeah, much I got two weeks to, out I got up to 315 on squat before the before the show um it wasn't until after the show that I was able to go you know four or five hundred pounds but um I mean I give credit to Brian for it because I went to Brian after that little instant i was telling you about the leg press mm-hmm. and i was like hey bro i need some help on this one so he came and pushed you in the yeah. gym and uh, he, he told me how we're going to do it it's the only time i ever disagree with brian about training and uh the next day we came in and we had the whole conversation again because I, I wasn't really sold on what how he was saying do it and finally i said you know what it's in your hands let's just do it and uh thank god i did so we started started to work on it and uh, he trained me and um dude it was the most gut-wrenching crap i would ever been through um it just hurts i mean 
they were trying to get full range of motion back. Then we started actually lifting again. And, um, but, uh, there was days I get so mad, you know, I remember I took my brace off one day and I threw it in a river. I was so mad just, um, cause it's just frustrating. I figured that would be one of the best victories of that you had because it it's, it was, it was, it was better than anything. I ever yeah. Had. Cause you were, you were so uncertain, right? So, you know, you get there and, um, it was 30 days out. <clears throat> I posed at the gym and, uh, I went home and, uh, I said, I'm going to be able to compete. And, um, I knew I was going to be able to compete, but at 30 days out, I posed and I went, I can't want to church. I said, I can win this. You know, it's crazy because I was at the booth signing and people come back with the prejudging happens. We're not allowed to leave. And like, Branch is going to win this show. I couldn't believe it. You know, because even I was like, oh, there's no way he can come back from a quad tear like that. And uh, you were able to do it. And, you know, now, you know, you have all this intensity with what you do, right? All this vision and you step away from the stages. And now you transitioned more into business. And it seems like you have a million things going on. Retirement. I hate to call it retirement because I think you're busy than I say, ever, right? I say, people say that. I said, yeah, I retired. Then I got busy. Um, <laughs> so, I know, but were you like, were you, when, when you decided to walk away, like, was there any thought in the coming years? I know it's been a minute. So when was the last, what was your last year? 16. Okay. So you've, you've like said, okay, I'm done. Have you thought? Like, I know for me, like, one or two years after I stepped away, I was like, well, maybe I still got it, right? After watching a couple of shows, we've been at a couple of shows, and I've said to you, what do you think? I think we were at a... Where were we? You I think it was at the 2016 or 2017 Olympia. Because we were all sitting there, and uh, the guys were on stage, and and uh, I remember I was, I was like, man, I, go, I could still be up there, you know, because when I sat down, I just, you just know, right? Yeah. You know, I, did my, I did that last show. And I didn't know that was going to be my last show. I made no announcement. We got back to the room. And I was like, I'm done. She goes, you sure? I go, yeah, I'm sure. And, um, because, you know, every bodybuilder this happens to, you know, most guys, it's like 38 to 42 on average. Yeah. Um, some guys, there's freaks that can go longer. But um, your body just changes, and you just don't – you lose a little something. I don't know how to articulate it, but you lose something. And it's just you don't look the same. And no matter what you do, you get to cut back. It's just age. And, uh, and you know, I was 41. I competed way longer than I ever thought I would. I thought about 33, 35, I'll be, yeah. it'll be a wrap. And at 33, 35, I was just hitting my stride. And um, so I just knew I was done. And then when you go to Olympia, and I'm looking up there, and I'm like, oh, man, I could still be up there. And I'm sick of that. And so you think about it for a minute, and by the time I got back to the room, you're like, wow. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Think, yeah. work. <laughs> so, you know, because you obviously have, you have a family, and, you know, you're – I don't know if I'm going to ask, were you retired or? Bet she is, right? You mean she's still young enough to do it, right? I she mean, can still, yeah, she can still do it. She was actually considering doing, uh, making a comeback this year and, uh, and competing. I did hear that. That's why I'm kind of asking. Yeah, so does that mean you're going to cook her food now? <laughs> you know, I was going to, I, I, I was going to put the focus on her for, for the, you know, probably the first time. Uh, I told her I'd support her 100%. So would it be fitness, or or would you transition to another division? So what happened was uh, Jen Hernandez. Yeah. So uh, Trish, Jen, and then Yeah, Trish unfortunately, yeah, I had seen her. Like, she came and stayed with us, and they all trained for the same show, and they all competed together. And then she left our house on Tuesday. Oh, yes. 
just changes a little bit. Those things are precious. Yeah. Life short, right? But you've now now taken a, so talk a little bit about um so so I'm gonna say re, like non competitive life now and how that transition's been for you. You know, you're a hard worker, obviously you have a bunch of brands that you focused I mean Wicked Cuts has been phenomenal for you. Uh, we talked about gasp and you know, I know you're doing some endorsements with supplements too, right? Um, guest appearances still. I mean you're still doing guest appearances towards the past two years. Little slow, but things are it's been a shit show. We can yeah, say, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but this year I'm back to being in my home for a weekend for two months. I feel that you might be more popular now than you've ever been. Do you feel that way? I do. You know, I think in 18 and 19, before everything shut down, I was on the road more and gone more yeah. than I'd ever been. And uh, it was just, it was so. I was, I forget how much what, what the percentage was, but I was on home like maybe 15 weekends in 19. I was gone all the time. And uh, which is a good thing, but you gotta have balance when you have a family. I, for the first time, I think I let business get out of balance with with the family that year, and then of course COVID happened and everything shut down. Brought you back to brought me back. So, yeah. You know what I think that is though? A lot of the the young guys now that are coming up, they don't they don't want to do appearances. So I have promoters that'll call me and say, I want this guy, this guy, this guy, or this guy, and they all say I don't want to do it. So then I call someone like you or Jay or someone that's retired, and you guys want to do it because. When you guys came up, that's how you made your extra money. Yeah, you had to travel every weekend or you didn't get paid. Yeah, I don't get that. I'm, I got a, and plus, it, it's, it builds your fan base. Of course. You go out there, the people get to see you. And um, I mean, every time you meet somebody, it doesn't matter. They don't know. You might have, I might just had a, a fight with my wife because she didn't put my food back on the menu. I had to like, let her know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you uh, say it, man, I care yeah, right? <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's on the other side of the room. I got a big table in between. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> But my point being is, like, they don't know what kind of day you're having, but you do an appearance, you get out there, and you take a few minutes, you talk to everybody, you say, yeah. hey, what's up? Because, and, um, and then the guy was like, like, wow, man, Branch was cool. He took time to talk yeah. to me. I'm like, man, you got a fan for life. And uh, you do that over 20 years. Yeah. Guess what? Those guys come to your website. That's right. And they buy stuff from you. They buy autographs, or they you know, support and other brands that you have. I know what it's like to be a fan. I know it, man. And, and so when I became Branch, the pro bodybuilder, you know, I get it you know because i had a yeah. bad experience when i was young with a pro bodybuilder and we all have yeah yeah so i told myself right then i was like if i'm ever that guy i'm not gonna act like that yeah so yeah i try to tell all the young guys coming up that. but i feel guys i feel that today i think the generation now looks at the people like us and they have way more respect than we actually received when we were doing it then Does that make sense yeah. And I think that circles back to because with the new age, you don't see these guys doing a lot of the stuff that we did, right? Number one, they don't, like you said, they don't travel as much. So it was like trying to balance how do you travel and eat the food, um, train consistent. Like, you know, when you're out of your realm and you're not at your, your home gym, like you have to lighten up the weights a little bit or the intensity stay the same. You know, there's a lot of variables on how your body's going to react, right? So I think that respect factor is more prevalent now with, you know, what they're watching of the old videos of you and, you know, some of the pictures and like, you're known as like this, this hardcore guy, but you're still doing it. That's the thing is like, I think you train just as hard now as you ever did. You probably don't eat probably as much. I mean, you still look the part, but. No, I don't eat as much. I eat. You feel you train hard as hard, like intensity wise, maybe not at a crazy weights, right? Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I definitely don't go as heavy. I'm not as strong as I, yeah. Um, and I'm, I don't, 
When is it going to stop, though? This is what I'm, I, I'm. I'm still trying to figure this out because I see these. <laughs> I see these videos, and I'm like, "How the hell is he still doing this?" And I feel bad for Guy because Guy's trying to keep up with you, right? <laughs> I'm going to call Guy out because I just watched something and he was doing front raises. Were you part of that too, Michael? Or <laughs> okay, well, you must have been filming it. <laughs> So I saw these crazy, I don't know, it was like 65s or set, I don't know, how much was it? Uh, some video I a just lot. saw. It was a lot, <laughs> but know. it was more than what Guy Sister yeah. Nino could do. <laughs> and and <laughs> he's trying to keep up with you be, because- well, uh, he did legs with me in Austin. That didn't go so well. Really? Yeah. Well, I know, that's right. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, so the, he, didn't you. He, he didn't blame you. He didn't blame me, though. He didn't blame you. Oh, and I'm not talking shit about him either, I mean. You don't like extension. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, yeah. I heard of leg extension, but uh, that's crazy, right? But uh, man, I I like to train. I mean, I, I some I put you this way, Jay. Some people train because they're bodybuilders. I was a bodybuilder because I love to train. Yeah, the difference. And um, I love to train. I don't go as heavy as I used to go. I'm, I'm not that strong. Anymore. How many days a week you train now? Four. So what's your schedule? Monday I do chest. Uh, Tuesdays legs, quads, hams, calves, all that. Uh, Thursdays back. Fridays, I do bias trials and shit. Take the weekends off. and Weekends off. Weekends so, for the family. So, so, you know, I have your 200 athletes in the team. And, uh, you know. This is Team Gas now, right? Team Gas Better Bodies. Okay. And we travel the world, and we have these uh, young people in the And the brands and trainers are scheduling the food and training. It's way more important than that. Is he more dedicated than anyone you've ever seen? Is that because he's sitting here, or? Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, my my uh, ultimate respect and also a little bit like you know the, the, what I get out of the gas comes a lot from the brands and what they do together. The work ethic. You know, nowadays it's easier for guys to, to travel now because you didn't. We didn't. There's food prep, so you could go somewhere and have your food so lined up for you. Don't get me started. On this crap. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. So no, we want to. I'm not going to be the athlete, but there's athlete for the Arnold. Set up a photo shoot, and remember, we had to we would do the Arnold, get done to prejudging, and this is the our prejudging and finals on the same day. So after the prejudging, you had to go to the booth, work the booth for a couple hours, run back to your room, fix your tan, try to lay down for thirty minutes, get up, go back, compete. Next day, you had booth work all day plus photo shoots. And these photo shoots were like eight, ten, twelve hours sometimes, and they were the real deal. And you might do shoots for two, three, four days in a row. Yeah. Muscle Tech would fly somewhere and we'd shoot for mm -hmm. days. And so this dude says, well, man, I've got to shoot at 9 o'clock, you know, from like 9 to 11. Now I need to go back to my room and rest and eat. And then maybe, you know, like whatever later. I'm like, rest and eat. I'm like, well, first of all, you pack your food, take it with you. Yeah. And there's no rest, bro. You're here to work. <laughs> work. <laughs> you know, and it's and all these meal preps. First of all, I wouldn't eat a meal prep anyway because if I didn't cook it or she didn't cook it, I ate it. And number two, don't be lazy, dude. Cook your own food. Get your ass up and cook your food. I mean, that's just part of being a bodybuilder, right? Yeah. That's more important than going to the gym. You know, what I, what I was saying was, like, the meal prep, if you're off-season back then, you had to bring your food with you. You had to travel it in a fucking cooler. Yeah. Now, if you're off-season, you can have people, you can yeah, you know, get your food, food ahead of yeah. time. Even pre-contest, I still I don't think I would use meal prep now. Yeah. Off-season, you know, meal prep, that would be a blessing. Yeah, especially when you're traveling. 100%. You could, yeah. That'd be so much easier. But we didn't have that luxury. Man, you got to have a cooler. I remember us going to, like, you know, do shoots or something, and we both, he'd walk in with a cooler full of food. I'd walk in with a cooler full of food. 
and then some of the other guys wouldn't have anything, and they'd just be ordering stuff. And he looked at me one day, and he goes, "Nah, you need to be a factor." I'm like, "Nope." <laughs> mm. You know who's serious? Yep. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, like I said, it all transitions into like business, and you're doing. So this tour, I mean, you're going to obviously train this weekend, so you're kind of off schedule, right? Um, yeah, so we're doing a gas and iron work tour. So uh, you know, we start doing these. Uh, so what what is the whole what is the whole concept of this gas tour? A little bit. So work hard, play hard. It's kind of the whole concept of it. Okay. So, uh, so um, social media blitz, right? So you guys are right. posting it on YouTube or uh, so we, we, uh, social, like, we got constant stories up, kind of for ideas to give everybody that looks at it, kind of make them feel like they're here doing what we do. And uh, so, you know, we sometimes we've, we've been to Europe, we've been to China, we've been all over the states. And um, so we're here in Vegas. We're going to be back in Vegas for the Olympia. And uh, we're going to have like a uh, kind of a new concept, kind of a tailgate party we're going to unveil and, uh, in conjunction with the Olympia. So, you know, we can go to a football game. We've got tailgate parties, right? So yeah. Kind of the same thing. We'll have a barbecue, uh, we'll have a popcorn machine, uh, try to see if we can get a big screen TV set up. And a tailgate in the parking lot. I mean, you've been involved with gas since. I was just going to say, how long have you been right? gas? Uh, since uh, yeah, say, yeah. Like, so as far back you, as I can think. You were like the original. You're like the, original. the guy that's been there for yeah. as far back as I so can remember. We had like gas plus sandals and and shorts. So that's kind of crazy. <laughs> but, uh, Does that is that the new launch? Gas. So no, I think it was 2008, right? We 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 have this discussion all the time. Yeah, so years. yeah, 2008 is when it started. And um, we met at the Arnold uh, through Parabinol, and uh, he introduced. I remember he was putting everyone in gasp clothing for the muscular development shoots. I mean, I remember seeing this stuff and thinking, wow, this is nice. And gasp Better Body was a regional brand in Europe, northern Europe. And um, so uh, Michael had a vision to take it globally, wanted it to be an international brand. And, uh, you know, I was an international bodybuilder, so I became the face of it. And so I guess um, kind of what? Like a brotherhood, though. you got to big crew that goes alongside we do so it's uh i think you were in what maybe a dozen countries back then so now we're in, uh, yeah you're scandinavian is yeah. yeah that's where you so now it's uh now gas better bodies is 110 110 countries so it's uh you know i because i i came on just as my career started to take off and uh so as i grew gas grew and uh grew worldwide and tell me about Wicked Cuts. So Wicked Cuts, partnered up with Scott James, who owned BSN. He was the founder. I spoke to him the other day, actually. We FaceTimed. Uh, uh, so we partnered up, and um, I don't know, four years ago, I guess we launched. May it'll be four years. So uh, we partnered up, and uh, he, uh, we were on a flight together. I said, come to here. And uh, he said, hey, when you get back, let's go to lunch. I had an idea. And uh, we got back in town, went to lunch, and he said, hey, let's do beef jerky. And uh, I was like, beef jerky? Yeah, I think about it. He goes, beef jerky goes everywhere. Yeah, in sports supplements. You got this it small, works well with you, you too. Small yeah, little slice of the, the pie if you're doing sports supplements, right? It's as in relation to the general population. Yeah. So, uh, and it works well with me. And so uh, we went to work and made it happen. So we're in several thousand locations now across the country. Everywhere, man. I see it. You've been nice enough to send me quite a quite a bit. Quite and, a few, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big jerky fan. I know, but Dave loves it, you know, for JTV. He's, like, a huge fan. Anytime you guys need some promotion, it is the only jerky that I've ever actually tried, to be honest, but I love it. I mean, you've, yeah. you've, we've yeah, eaten it. Whenever he, you know, he doesn't eat it a lot, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so it's, it's, gone, it's... It's gone very well. I tried it the first time at the, what, San Diego Fit Expo. No, no, uh, San Jose, you brought some with. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 
Right, we got to get. So you must be in more, uh, not just uh, the fitness realm, but a lot of commercial stores. So probably ninety percent of our business outside of. But gas stations and that gas stuff. Gas stations, yeah. convenience stores. Mm-hmm. Think about jerky. He goes in a gun store. He yeah. goes in a hardware store. He goes in a movie theater. He goes everywhere. I mean, we were in doctor's offices. We're gyms. I mean, we got in Gold's Gym and all the Gold's Gym locations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're uh, Giant Eagle grocery stores up on the East Coast. We're in Pilot Flying J truck stops. So, you know, 90% of our business is outside of the fitness world. So for me, it was cool just because this is our world, right? And this world, you know everybody. So yeah. So, you know, a step outside of your comfort zone, go into another area, you know, you got to be uncomfortable to, for a little bit to figure it out and make it work. So it's been a, it's been a challenge, but I welcome any challenge and to see if I can be successful outside of. If someone wants to try Wicked Cuts for the first time, what's your extended flavor you think that's the best? I have a pre-workout that I have, and I, I have a flavor that I like the most, so. The best flavor of jerky you ever have is maple bacon. You've sent it to me. I've, I liked it. Yeah. Maple bacon is it was so good, good, right? How come you even brought me? Hey, like I say, one bite of maple <laughs> bacon. Because I ate it all. It tastes so good, yeah. it'll make you slap your mom. Yeah. <laughs> not many people are going to remember what movie that's from. So. You don't know. So Wicked Cuts, uh, what is it, maple? Maple bacon. Bacon, okay. There's actual bacon strips that we We actually took actual bacon and figured out how to make it into beef jerky, or not beef jerky, but jerky. And, um, man, it's got that maple marinade on it, maple it's so good. Remind him when he gets back to Texas, he's going to have to ship some over here for the, <laughs> for the podcast, you know, for our samples. We'll do a, we'll do a sample and I'll, I'll email Pat and Pat. Yeah, so you've been talking about the hunting, and I, we know you're a huge outdoorsman. I mean, you have uh, property also where you, you know, you just strictly yeah, so I've hunt. A, I've got a, a ranch, uh, 160 acres, mm-hmm. uh, north, uh, northeast of Dallas. So, so we bought that. I grew up in the country, like I told you guys. So I grew up things to do drink beer you don't drink beer i hunted and um so um, i bought some property uh, about 15 years ago out there and 160 acres we built a house on it we don't live there we live in in, in town but uh so i got horses out there and so then about four or five years ago we I built a tactical range mm-hmm. so we teach uh, concealed handgun classes uh urban tactical uh church security teams uh all these things we teach out there with the, with the range so it's pretty cool stuff i brought Brought gas and the crew out there a few times. And yeah, I saw the video. Of course, the hunting thing. I was actually on a hunting show for five years. I remember, yeah. Yeah, so on the outdoor channel. And, um, so we do a lot of bow hunting, stuff like that. And, uh, but I've been hunting all. What's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite to hunt? Okay. That's a uh, number one. It's the best. My favorite meat. That weed, I think, is yeah the best. And uh, number two, they're just cool. I mean, you're in the mountains where you where you hunt them. It's just beautiful. And uh, it's a lot of work. It's a, uh, it ain't easy. Elks are massive, right? I mean, a big bull is a thousand pounds. Yeah. And uh, they're just cool. So, uh, you know, Branch, we, we ate my mom. <clears throat> was telling me about the helicopter going up and shooting hawks. So I think Jay and I need to come out there and do that and film it for the Cutler family. Do you do that? or No, I want to see you. So I took it. How took many times? Oh, okay, okay. Trish can shoot, y'all. So we got the, one, the first thing I did when we, when we got together was I bought our pistol. And I took her out there, and of course, you know, her, her dad hunts, her brother hunts, they shoot, but they, we never took her hunting. So um, I taught her how to shoot. Well, fast forward like 15 years, and she can shoot. Like, I shot with her last week. I had to, like, I had to like bring my A game to like. So you, so you shoot, still shoot consistently, <clears throat> or? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we shoot all the time. And I took her helicopter hawk hunting back last year, end of the year. When was it? Pretty recently. 
November maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So she she's I mean hesitate. She had an AR. I was laying waste to him. So um, she's really good. So I took a took MJ about two was it two years ago. We went and um we get up there. Yeah. So. <laughs> so he's hanging out of the helicopter with this thing. So I wasn't. There was four of us. So it was uh, him and a, one of my other buddies went. And they you can still see the helicopter. And then we hear this like. Like empty the whole magazine. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'm talking to my buddy. And I go, what's up? He goes, he goes, man, he goes, you give him this hog. And he goes, there's you know, several of them. And he goes, Michael shoots it, shoots it again. And of course, you got the little you know, microphone thing. Yeah, yeah. Goes, man, it won't die. He goes, but keep shooting it. So Michael empties the whole magazine. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I got that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to do that. I want to see you hanging out the side of the helicopter. That could be a good bucket list for, I'll tell you what I, what I want to ask about though. Are you on a dirt bike yet? A dirt bike? Yeah. That's not. I know, but that's why I'm asking because I know you're. I mean, I grew up on ATVs and three wheelers. I I didn't ride dirt bikes as much. I was rode street bikes. How are you not on a dirt bike with this guy? Because I know he'd be big into it. See, I ride four legged horses. So. Okay. I actually just did my first cutting horse competition two weeks ago. Really? So, yeah, so. You're still getting into competitions, man. See, you know, one You're other like, thing with the horse. What talk about the situation in Generation Iron? That's all. Yeah, he he hates that. <laughs> I know. But I, we, all right, so I, all right, guys. So I want to know the story. This, we're gonna put this to rest. So yes. So they wanted you to see me in my house on a horse, right? So I, I went to catch him, and I couldn't even catch him because I had like like thirteen people in that crew. Too many people. Too yeah. many people. Too many cameras. The horse. I've heard out. this story. So yeah, I've told it to you. So so I had to get the horse calmed down. It took me about twenty minutes to get him calmed down, and um. I made everybody go away, and I said, Vlad, the producer, and the cameraman, I said, you guys, are, everybody else has got to go away. And uh, so I got him saddled, rode him around for a minute. We got in front of the house, and uh, we had a little rodeo because you know, all the guys came back up here, and um, I told everybody to go away. Well, um, as we're sitting there doing a little interview on the horse, uh, guys with the big boom mic thing, the big fuzzy thing on the microphone, my horse sees it and freaks out. And um, so <clears throat> as I'm riding him back, he's already there. He had a little rodeo. He tried to buck me off, and he didn't. And uh, as I'm going across the driveway there, he bucks. And um, I came off, hit the concrete. Wouldn't have been so bad if it had been the ground, but mm-hmm. the concrete sucks. Hit my head. And um, then uh, I told Vlad, I said, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't put that in the film because you guys are the ones who spooked my horse after I told you guys to back off. And I said, you know. It looks bad, yeah. I did get hurt. And I said, I, you know, I don't really think that uh, – it should be proper, yeah. It's proper, you know. He said, I won't ask him twice. And twice he told me, he gave me his word, he wouldn't do it. Well, we go to the premiere in New York. <clears throat> he sends Robin Chang over to tell me, hey, man. Uh, you kept that in. Put that in there. And to this day, he still won't talk. He's never uh, explained. explained it. Well, you could have you got really hurt. You could have. Yeah, I mean, I landed on the concrete and I smacked the crap out of my head. Uh, yeah. You know, and the thing is, too, you know, people say, if you, anybody who ever rides horses a lot, you guys can be cowboys, everybody gets bucked off. Of course, that, that happens. Yeah. You know, it's just happens or that these guys filmed it and because they caused it and then they put it in the movie, which everybody saw. It's fucked up. So, uh, not cool. Yeah, I know a lot of people always ask about that. Um, yeah, so talk about Texas a little bit with everyone kind of, I think a lot of people are moving to Texas now. I mean, you feel like... Uh, hey, Texas is America. In, invasive or... You know, I, everybody's welcome, man. Just don't, you know, Texas is the way it is because of... How we are, how we think. We are, will so, you ever leave? You're there for life. Now, I know we talked about maybe uh, some 
I'll leave. I'll summer go to, places. I'll leave. I'll go to Montana. Yeah, I know you like that yeah, spot. I love Montana. Uh, we got some friends that live there. Um, last year, we're, we just uh, found a, some land we want to go look at up there potentially. And uh, what part of uh, Montana? Uh, right outside of White Fish in Kalispell, Flathead Valley. That's where Dana and Rob live. My uncle lives there too. Yeah. Lives right home. Like we talk, he talks about Montana all the time. Like he just wants to. Escape I told him when I leave here, I'm going to Montana and <clears throat> deleting all my social media and everything. I'm done. I don't think I could ever leave the West. I've been for since yeah. the 1800s, and I think you know the ranch I grew up on. I've been in a family for since like the 1870s, and um, but um, your daughter's how old 50, now? 50. Yeah, I, I, in a perfect world, going forward, one day, hopefully, I'll be able to spend the. Summers and falls in Montana, the winters and the spring in Texas. So I love Montana. It's beautiful. I love the mountains. You know, um, I, w- I would rather be outside than inside. And, you know, there's so much outdoors. You're an outdoors guy, man, for life, huh? For sure. And you know what? It's even lower taxes in Montana than Texas to go outdoors. And you, uh, you know, you have obviously stayed really busy. I mean, between work and I mean, how do you find time to balance all this stuff? I mean, you still have a family. I mean, I'm busy. your daughter's 10 years old. Yeah, so. so my daughter's 10. She's in gymnastics. She's doing really, really good. Uh, she rides horses with me some. Um, she um, She's making straight A's. She got the respect award last year for the for the whole grade. So I'm more proud about that than I am the straight A's or the gymnastics. Uh, you know, to me, that's a most important thing. So uh, <clears throat> she's a great kid, doing great. So it's uh Kids are the best. If you guys um, tr- take a family vacation, like, is it going to be involve outdoors type stuff, or do you actually travel to? Yes. <laughs> She's laughing. Yeah. You know, for me, if I go on vacation, it's got to be something else. And you're not going to you're not going to be cooped up inside and like enjoy. You're not going on a cruise or anything like that, right? No, she she will she will do it. Yeah, yeah. But like I hate like, cruises we're, we're too. Planning, that's why I'm asking. We're planning. We're planning a vacation. South Africa to go on a safari. Oh, that's pretty. That's yeah, that's awesome. pretty cool. That's, so because I want awesome. I want to. When are you going to do that? that? So um, we may go in the summertime. Okay. Depending on the schedule. Um, I've got a friend who's going there. Mm-hmm. I just want to, I want to take faith. We did that back in 08. And, uh, you know, we just went and took pictures and did that kind of stuff. And, you know, like I told Trish, I said, I want faith to go see this because I'm afraid going forward, this may not exist. Yeah. You got there and you see a thousand animals in a herd, you know, out there and all these things. It's, uh, it's cool. And I just want her to be able to see that and experience that. Is there any place in the world that you want to travel to at this point that's on a bucket list? Whether it's a vacation or just maybe on one of these gas tours or business? Or I don't think. I mean, we've been everywhere. I mean. I, I, I was talk, talking about that the other day. I, I looked through my old passport, and it was like 66 countries. Yeah. And every state. Um, I think. I like, think I want to go to Thailand. That's on my, uh, New Zealand. I haven't been to New Zealand. I've been to Australia, obviously, but I haven't been to Thailand. It's on my bucket I'm, list. I've been all over New Zealand, from Christchurch, Auckland, to everywhere in between, like four or five times. Um, beautiful. New Zealand's gorgeous because we did all kinds of outdoor stuff when we were there. Um, we went on a vacation there in uh, 2015 after the Arnold. And um, it's beautiful. I don't think there's any anywhere I haven't been. The only thing, I think the only thing that I want to see that I haven't seen, I want to see the pyramids. I just did that. I just did that a couple months ago. Just, I just. And I you can't it. take pictures in front of them, you know. <laughs> so yeah, so you're not supposed to take pictures in front of it. So I need to get the computer out so it doesn't show. So we go over there, and Regan rips his shirt off and he jumps up. So we start taking pictures, and the police came and took the camera, and deleted everything. So, but they didn't know. Like I was taking pictures from my phone, so we still yeah. got them. But they're like, you can't profit. They thought they were gonna like do something with marketing. You can't profit from the pyramids. 
without paying like a fee to do a photo shoot there. So, so I have a picture of me up there right before the police rushed us. <laughs> yeah, do you think you would go down inside? Did I, I mean, Dennis James would tell you, like, you can, you literally can go and you can't turn around. You have to go all you the way like before crawl. you, yeah, before you turn around, there's a big, it opens up and then you can go back, but there's not enough space to even, like, you have to crawl through a tunnel. Nope. <laughs> That's what I said, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, I want to go see it. Um, I've been, uh, we've been blessed. I've been able to tattoo. Yeah. I mean, I tell people, I used to just, I said back when I was all done, I said, wow, you know, for the past 20 years, I got to do what I love to do for a living, get paid to do it. I used to laugh. I'm like, I get paid how much? To do yeah. I'm like, I would have done this. I, we we would still been doing it. And we never got paid. For free. For free. And, you know, and then you actually get to make a really good living doing it. And then you get to see the world and experience so many different things. And I've got friends all over the world that I would have never had. And you can imagine coming from West Texas, what my outlook on life was as a kid. It's pretty narrow. Yeah. And then you get out to the world and it opens your mind up and, you know, changes your opinion about something. You never went into a contest thinking about a check, did you? Never. I was the same way. I never thought about, wow. Oh, you do. I remember people would say after a show, you won this much or like, oh, okay, that's that's a bonus. But I was just concerned about beating people and having a title and like fulfilling like what I possibly could do, right? I never imagined I'd be as successful. I'm sure you felt the same way. I think a lot of that has really kind of, like I said, been presented to people now, and they have so much respect for you. I appreciate you coming out and spending time with us. And uh, listen, I would love to, you know, if you uh, ever get into the podcast, and I'd love to come on and uh, up and shoot it over. And you we know, need to go. We need to go to Texas and go uh, get a few minutes and get some uh, helicopters. No, I guess I guess we have a challenge and go. Yeah, yeah, Mike, Michael, just get get a two fifty ready for me because I'll. Uh, okay. I'm gonna put you on a horse. Yeah, well, that's I had a horse. I had horses growing up. You know, my my know brother's a farm. still a big farmer. You know, he still has uh, he has like sixty uh, beef cows and he has uh, like twenty pigs, chickens. But the f- okay, yeah. Yeah, so I saw that. I saw that. That's yeah, right. We got, we got a couple of race cars and uh, at the Eagles Canyon track there up outside Decatur. So uh, that's fun. Who was the best? Inofficial. Who do you think performed the best of race? I'm not going to, you, you're going to say you, right? But <laughs> of, the, of, the guy, of the guys, don't, don't, don't flatter yourself here. Uh, who was the best of the bodybuilder crew? What kind of car? Uh, BMW M2. Okay. Ohani would love that. You know, he loves the little, um, he has a little BMW. I was talking to him about it last week. Yeah. He, was, he didn't know about it, and uh, I told him where it was at. I go, it's like 45 minutes from Southlake. So I think he's going to gonna take them up there. That's great, man. It's awesome. Well, listen, we appreciate you coming out, man. It's, uh, it's awesome, and I'm glad uh, you got to stop this way with the tour. I hope it goes extremely well. Where can everyone find out about what you have going on besides, I would mention all your social outlets. and uh, So go to The Branch One on Instagram okay. or Facebook. Um, I've got April 9th, 4th. I've got uh, four Texas. got the Texas Legends show, my show uh, that we promote. Then May 7th, I've got Denver, Branch One Classic in Denver. It's actually in Boulder. Um, and you go to MetroFlexEvents.com for the information for all these shows. And then, of course, my big show of the year is uh, Branch One Classic down in Houston. It's out. 14th or 15th year to have this show, uh, big show. 
You have like a thousand competitors usually, yeah, right? Yeah, so we had last year twenty two hundred competitors. Jeez, shit! And not just NPC. So that's NPC with Jitsu, Powerful, Strong. So it's an expo awesome. type thing. Yeah, so we dates that. So uh, we have a real huge crowd. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a really big show. We we rent out about almost two hundred thousand square feet and put it up. So it's a uh, it's taken a while to get to that size, but it's a uh, we were nineteen and well twenty and twenty one. You know. It was a disaster because of COVID, so mm-hmm. we went big last year, and uh, everybody showed up, so it was it was cool. And uh, so this year we're on track to be the biggest one yet. So April 9th, Fort Worth, May seventh, Denver, and then uh, June twenty fifth is the grand finale in Houston. So uh, it's a great fun event. So um, and you never know, you might be show up in the one of the gas tours at the local gym, and you know it, people can get excited for the Olympia this so year. Right now we got uh, I got so much going on. Of course, I'm doing uh, so for Apollo Nutrition, working with those guys. Mm-hmm. So, big shout out to Rob and Kay for them. And um, so, I know they're uh, going through some stressful times. They're both uh, from Ukraine. So okay. Family and stuff over yeah, there. it's tough. Yeah. I'm saying a prayer for them and all their family. Um, then uh, we got the Gas Final World Tours going on. We got this one. We got Sweden coming up April 13th through the 26th. We'll be in Sweden, uh, Stockholm. We got uh, two shows on the 16th and 17th. Um, the okay, you got the. We promote the gas battle bodies promote, so uh, we'll be there. The I'll be there with us. Uh, we're doing commentary for it. Then after that, we got. Okay, so you. We're doing the solder where it all. Gas where it gets start, where it started, yeah. So we'll go there and do some stuff there. Then uh, after that, we're doing San Diego. We got a uh, 40th anniversary of Better Bodies coming up in Definition in um, August, and we're going to Sweden again. For the 40th anniversary, right after that, first part of September, and then of course we'll be back here for the Olympia. So got to yes. tell everybody coming and some cool stuff. Yeah, well, it's exciting, man, and I'm happy for you. And uh, you know, I'm sure we'll catch up to you somewhere along these uh, these trips. And uh, best success, and you know, stay healthy, keep training like crazy, and uh, we appreciate you so much, man. And uh, make sure you guys follow along. So you're out.